Hi there. I hope you're having a good one wherever you are and whatever you're doing. In today's episode, we are going to break down the song Everything Zen. This will probably be a doozy for me, but we'll get at it in a moment. First, I want to issue a standard blanket trigger warning. Um, I probably am going to offend some people in this episode, and uh, I don't always necessarily care about that, but I do care enough to issue a trigger warning, just a a general blanket one, Um, and to also mention that, you know, in every podcast episode that I do, whether it's on Deconstructing Bush or Badly Branded, everything is alleged and my opinion and for entertainment purposes only. So just putting that little disclaimer out there. (laughs) Um, Before we start, I wanted to plug Gavin Rossdale's new TV show on YouTube called No Cover. He is a judge. Um, On this show, No Cover, which is a singing competition slash reality show featuring bands and artists who are all unsigned and all performing original songs, not covers, which is pretty cool. Apparently the first season is free and then once season two happens. If season two happens, you'll have to pay to stream it. But for now, I think it's free. At least that's my understanding. I plan on watching the first episode this evening. Gavin is also coming out with a show called Eat with Gavin Rossdale. That's a cooking show, but I don't know when or where that will air. By the way, I should also plug Bush's summer tour. So take a peek at their website and social media for tour dates and ticketing info. Also, real quick before I fully dive in, um, I wanted to mention once again, like I did in the last episode, that because I say something can be interpreted as being related to drug use or something sexual or deviant or dark doesn't necessarily mean that it is or that it's meant to be taken that way. I think most of these songs can have more than one meaning, angle, or interpretation, and sometimes lyrics or poetry can be applied to or related to different people in different ways or in different seasons of their lives. Um, it's not always so cut and dry. It's not always literal. Sometimes it is literal. You know, uh, it just depends. And this is all important to keep in mind, in my opinion. We should not generally assume or ascribe meaning to things. We can only make our own best guesses in terms of music and lyrics and other forms of art. You know, we apply to them our own thoughts, feelings, and experiences as we may, and vice versa, and we relate to songs and singers in our own unique ways. Um, And these things may vary based on situations, circumstances, life experiences, values, morals, all of that, and personality too. Um, Interpretations and analyses of song lyrics or other art are not always fixed or literal, you know, they can be malleable and flexible and can evolve and change as we do. Art should not be set in stone in that way. Lyrics and meaning are open to interpretation, in my opinion. Uh, At any rate, in the last episode, we covered the song Float. So far on this podcast, I've done Machine Head, Flowers on a Grave, Glycerine, Letting the Cables Sleep, All Night Doctors, and Float. Today, as I said, it's time for Everything Zen off of one of my favorite albums ever, 16 Stone. And I think I've mentioned this before, but my favorite Bush albums are actually 16 Stone and The Kingdom. That said, here we go. Uh, First, there are a lot of articles online 
relatively speaking, as compared to other songs uh, of Bush's um, that do talk a little about the meaning of this song or certain lyrics in it. I actually never read these before I do an episode. I like to do my own take on it first. So I'm going to do my own interpretation and analysis, and then I'll talk a little about those at the end when I am done. So here we go. First verse. There must be something we can eat, maybe find another lover. Should I fly to Los Angeles, find my asshole brother? Well, I don't know if Gavin Rossdale's brother is an asshole, but apparently he does have a brother, and I hope that that guy and also the church don't sue me as I continue on this podcast episode. That, I should reiterate, is always my own opinion and interpretation and for entertainment purposes only. Um, And you'll see why I mentioned the church, because uh, what's interesting to me is I do ascribe a lot of religious or spiritual or perhaps anti-religious undertone in this song. And why that's interesting is that, according to Google, Gavin's older brother is some kind of bishop involved in the church in some way. Now, whether or not he is an asshole, I don't know. Whether or not he's ever lived in Los Angeles is, you know, that's beyond me. But we know Gavin lives near LA now. And anyway, maybe his asshole brother is used as a stand-in for religion or spirituality in this song, given his affiliation with the church. I could go off about the asshole things the church has done, and I'm talking Catholic church, but really many of them. Hillsong, I'm looking at you. Um, So for me, that does make sense. I also think that sometimes people associate L.A. with being fake. So maybe the line about Los Angeles is a commentary on religion being fake, if we're going to go the religious route. Also, the first two lines must be something we can eat, maybe find another lover, possibly maybe reference the seven deadly sins, including gluttony and lust, but that might be a reach, I know. Um, By the way, the reason I'm approaching this from a religious type perspective is because of the reference to Zen in the title and for other reasons that you will see as we go along. Of note, I am not anti-religion. Well, I'm not anti-spirituality or anti-God or anti-faith, but that said, I don't love organized religion. Uh, I don't like organized religion due to the politics and the dogma of it, but personally, I do believe in a higher power, Um, and I think it's a shame how many wars, for example, have begun over religion and how much hypocrisy there is in many religions and churches. That's also a part of what this song is about, in my opinion. Okay, so let me reel it back in here a little since that was somewhat of a tangent. (laughs) Um, Let's just say for the sake of analysis here that this is religious symbolism in some way. Um, If it is, then we'll say Los Angeles is the city of angels, which that's an interesting uh, piece of symbolism. But ironically, LA is also a place that's sometimes seen for greed, lust, fakeness, inauthenticity, money, etc., Um, So maybe his brother in this song represents a religious figure, maybe not. Um, Maybe he was just mad at him or dislikes him and wanted to call him out in the song. I don't know. I hope they made up if Gavin wanted them to make up. And if not, that's cool, too. I hope uh, Gavin's at peace with that. It's not any of my business in any way. I'm just saying Uh, people got to do what makes them happy, 
have boundaries. And sometimes that means cutting someone out while other times the best thing is to forgive. Sometimes it might be to call them an asshole in a song, you know, (laughs) it's just what works for you. Anyway, the first line might also represent when people are hungry and there's food or sustenance all around them and money all around them and yet no one is helping them to eat or allowing them to be fed or nurtured. And this could be literal or figurative, like it could be spiritual hunger or hunger for art or music or love or affection or attention or money or euphoria or, I don't know, fulfillment or self-actualization, you know? Um, Anyway, the next part, this is where a lot of people have questions and so do I. Um, It says, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. Dave's on sale again. We kissy kiss in the rear view. We're so bored you're to blame. All I can figure here is that cows are idols or viewed as godlike in some religions. Um, Like I believe cows are sacred in Buddhism and in some forms of Islam. And of course, cattle and cows are seen as sacred in India and, you know, because of Hinduism as well. Again, this makes sense to tie in um, the cow, the sacred cow, uh, because of, you know, you have the relationship between Zen, Buddhism, sacred cows, and so on. It all kind of works together. Um, since LA was mentioned, we'll also think about American culture, first world stuff, Western culture, that kind of thing. And, uh, that Mickey Mouse, uh, largely a symbol for Americana and for corporate stuff and capitalism and all that is somewhat of an idol now, much like the way cows are worshipped in some cultures. We worship corporate entities and conglomerates and money and all of that um, commercialism, you know, so like Mickey Mouse, Disney, those big name companies that earn the big bucks, the fantasy, the commercialism, all of that. That's what's now worshipped in modern society and especially in places like America and specifically in places like L.A., um, where, you know, the movie and entertainment industry is largely based. Um, It's very relevant and applicable now, given what a conglomerate Disney has become over the years. And then there's, of course, a dark side there that could also align with the dark side of the church. But I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole. Let's just say if you want to look into the Disney Channel and the Mickey Mouse Club show and even, you know, like Nickelodeon kids shows, major trigger warning there and just be prepared. Um, Anyway, the line Dave's on sale again. Well, sounds like, again, this is about his brother. Maybe his brother's being bought off in some capacity, blinded by greed, paid to look the other way or excuse something. I don't think it's like a literal prostitution thing that he's on sale. I think it's kind of a, a hush money thing or the the ability that someone could be bought. And my goodness, I'm not saying anything bad about this family or this man. I don't know them. I'm just looking at the lyrics and assuming that Dave is maybe a stand-in for the church or religion. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's even about him at all, but maybe about the entity that is the church. And also, I don't want to get sued by anyone. So (laughs) I apologize to the Rossdale family and the church and everyone. And yeah, entertainment purposes, in my opinion, just artistic interpretation. But yeah, this part is about someone or something, who knows who or what, that's kind of being able to be bought. The next part, 
We kissy kiss in the rear view. We're so bored you're to blame. Well, I just pictured teens or young adults making out in cars, you know, in the backseat of a car. Um, again, hearkening to the idea of maybe Americana or the idea that lust is supposedly sin and that sometimes people are, you know, just making out or having sex or having these relationships out of boredom and for a lack of stimulation, a lack of interest, a lack of fulfillment, maybe even a lack of respect. People aren't challenged. People don't feel seen. So they turn to earthly endeavors and pleasures to occupy their time. Um, You could also think about someone who was oppressed, repressed, or suppressed by religion, becoming more rebellious and experimenting sexually or making out with someone in the backseat of a car because they're acting out, you know, the whole preacher's daughter syndrome. Um, The chorus Try to see it once my way. Everything's in, everything's in. I don't think so. Everything's in, everything's in. I don't think so. Um, This is, in my opinion, the narrator saying, please just try to see things from my perspective for once. Things don't always have to be so black and white, so right or wrong, so good or bad. There is room in life for gray areas and for nuance. Different doesn't mean evil. We're all human, so don't force me into your little box. You know, it's anti-conformity. It's asking someone to open their mind, to open their heart, to get out of that fixed mindset, maybe to get away from bigotry um, or divisiveness and realize that there's room for all types of people, all types of ideas and opinions to coexist. Everything's in, everything's in, I don't think so, is also about, in my opinion, you know, people pretending that everything is fine. Everything is all good. Everything's kosher, but maybe in reality, it isn't. This also could maybe be about people just pretending everything's cool, but maybe sweeping things under the rug. Um, If we want to talk about the church or religion, then, you know, sweeping things under the rug or holding certain beliefs when it suits them, you know, that's a thing that happens. Um, being all Zen and peace be with you at church, then as soon as you leave church, getting road rage in traffic or going home and, you know, abusing their spouse or, you know, objectifying women every day but Sunday or what have you. You know, it's hypocrisy. It's putting blinders on. It's compartmentalizing in a way that's not healthy. It's about people being holier than thou you know, on their high horse. It's lies. It's not recognizing who or what we are. It's a lack of self-awareness and a lack of awareness and empathy about the world around them in general. Rain dogs howl for the century. Well, rain dogs is obviously a Tom Waits reference. Um, I don't know how that connects to the rest of the song so much as just being a shout out, but you could look at it as though, hey, people have been shouting about all of this for a hundred years now. A uh, million dollars at stake. It says also, um, so rain dogs howl for the century, a million dollars at stake. Um, that part maybe is going back to the idea of being paid off or bought, that everything has a price, that everything's about money, 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 power, you know, and that money is the real God and the real idol in our society. Uh, the next part, as you search for your demigod and you fake with a saint, well, you know, obvious religious undertones there. A demigod is like a lesser deity, a being with only partial divine status, like a minor deity. 
the offspring of a god and a mortal, for example, or a mortal that's eventually raised to some divine rank. It's not someone that's just born 100% a god, you know. Um, So this might be about searching for a false god or someone searching for a man or a woman or a person who is perfect and godlike when really no such thing exists. You fake with a saint. Well, that line's interesting. Maybe again, it's just about how sometimes religion can have this level of hypocrisy or fakeness or that people pretend to be good at church or good in front of like church officials or in this case, saints. Um, But really, none of us are a saint. None of us are perfect and we're all sinners. We're all human. So to pretend otherwise is fake. Um, So then the line there's no sex in your violence is repeated a handful of times. And it's kind of a hard line to figure out. I think it could be interpreted as being about something dark, which I don't feel like going all the way into, but I feel like it's kind of saying, you know, there's not even any romance or any art to what you're doing. This is just bad. This is just icky. This is about power and evil and it's violent. There's no good in this. It's something negative. We have that phrase repeated several times along with the bridge and the chorus. Eventually, the song says, I don't believe that Elvis is dead. Now, I think Elvis here, again, uh, is a symbol representing the Western world and Americana, much like the Mickey Mouse and Los Angeles references. But it could also be inserting Elvis Presley here as a Christ-like figure if we want to get real deep and real literary, um, kind of equating the resurrection of Christ to people still believing that Elvis is still alive. You also could look at it like Elvis as king, Jesus as king, all of that. Or it could simply be looking at Elvis as the king of rock and roll, saying that rock and roll is not dead. Maybe rock and roll is the religion here, you know? Um, Okay, so that's essentially the song. Um, After I don't believe that Elvis is dead, we have There's No Sex in Your Violence repeated a few more times, and then the bridge and chorus again. Now, we don't ever know if the songs that Gavin or anyone writes or sings are literal or about that person or from personal experience necessarily. Maybe a song is partially literal or true and then partially from a different point of view or another narrator altogether. It could be a song about someone else. And even if it's sung from a first person perspective, it doesn't mean it's about that person. Um, you know, as I stated in a previous episode, these are all song stories and that's what they are. They're stories. I don't ever mean to make assumptions or put anyone down or put any type of negative energy out there into the world. I'm just looking at it from an almost literary point of view. So before I share what has been written on this song, I want to reiterate that I, again, am someone who's not atheist or agnostic. I don't love organized religion, as I said. I hate the hypocrisy and the cognitive dissonance and the shadiness and the greed and the politics of it all. I dislike how some churches judge and condemn others. And hey, I think only God can judge, right? And if Jesus was alive, he'd be pretty kind and loving and chill and accepting, in my opinion. I don't think he'd be this uptight, discriminatory, hateful or close-minded person. I don't think he'd be a bigot or anything like that. And that's just my two cents, in my opinion. 
I also believe in parts of various religions and religious approaches, and I'm interested in theology. I don't know that there's one right answer. Um, I think most religions have very good intention behind them and very similar messages. And I think most religions are more alike than different and that, you know, there's good intentions there. And it's what, it's when man gets too involved and ego gets too involved that everything goes to hell and becomes all about greed and money and power. Right. Um, but yeah, I think most religions are more alike than different. And I think that most people are more alike than different for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, when it comes to religion, I think for one, I think people take things too literally. And then two, I think people have zero self-awareness. And then thirdly, I think people love to hide behind a religion as a way to judge others or justify certain behaviors. And I'm just not cool with that, you know? So while I am a spiritual person and I believe in God and I have my own personal faith, um, you know, I believe in some higher power and angels and manifestation and all that. Um, I'm actually pretty Zen, <laughs> but I think a lot of what people call religion or faith is BS and it's harmful and it's problematic and it's the opposite of what a true Christ-like or Zen or compassionate person should be. That's just my opinion. Um, so now let's see what the internet has to say about this song. Um, interestingly, I found that the Rain Dogs Howl line is not just an ode to weights, but also is referencing an Allen Ginsberg poem, Howl. So that's interest interesting. Um, it also says the No Sex in Your Violence line was adapted from a Jane's Addiction song also interesting, and that the Mickey Mouse line is a reference to a David Bowie song that says, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow, Lennon's on sale again, probably referencing John Lennon, um, but I think it's the same idea or gist as what I said that line's probably about, um, but I didn't know that until I, until I read this. So that's pretty cool. Some of this song seems to be a love letter to rock and roll, which also makes the Elvis piece fit in very well. So that's nice. Um, I think this song is a lot about disaffected or, you know, like, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Disenfranchised youth and the Western world and religious values and all that. Um, and Gavin in this one quote said, uh, that's to do with people that espouse spiritual values and lean certain ways. And then they behave like douchebags in another area of their lives. So it was that sort of hypocrisy of people that are obsessed about self-help books or self-improvement. So that makes sense. The self-help piece to me explains the Zen part of the song. And, you know, he is talking about spiritual values. So I think the whole spiritual and religious aspect of this analysis is spot on. Um, and maybe I did dive a little too deep into the religious symbolism and, you know, references, but I can definitely still see how that all plays if you want to look at it from that way. And then in a spin article, spin magazine from like 1995, Gavin also said that the thing about everything being Zen is that Zen is perfection and it's this perfect enlightenment and none of us can ever really reach that. So maybe this whole song is about that unattainability, you know, people pretending they are perfect and that everything is perfect, but they're not because no one can be. That plays with that idea of demigods too. No mere mortal can be perfectly godlike or perfect in general. Side note, unrelated, but 
In that article, I found a great kind of funny quote from Gavin. The interviewer asked what Gavin's favorite vice was, and he said bush. And the guy was like, huh? And Gavin goes, bush, that's pot in England, bush. I also like the ambiguity of the word. In England, you smoke bush. And both men and women have bushes, which I think is a very important point. It's not some sexist thing. And we live near Shepherd's Bush. I also dislike the shh at the end of the word. So I thought that was funny. And hey, maybe Gavin would like my real name. Not my pseudonym, Bueller Marie, but my real name has a SH sound um, in both my first and last name. So a little fun fact there. One last thing before I wrap up. I can see through the lyrics and the style of this song that Bush, though they're from England, um, was probably trying to appeal to an American audience through these lyrics and, you know, also appeal to like the grunge and alternative scene in the U.S. And it definitely worked. Uh, I mean, just look at the success of the album and their career. Um, Anywho, this was a slightly longer episode, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Maybe I went a little too deep or not deep enough. Maybe some assumptions and interpretations were right and were spot on. Maybe some were a major miss and nowhere near hitting the mark and maybe they were wrong and hey that's just fine by me um if anything the song everything zen has taught us that no one is perfect so thank you for joining in folks and stay wild we'll see you next time